The Island Digest is a sampling of the stories in this week's Journal of the San Juans, Islands Sounder, and Islands Weekly, which are on newsstands now. The August 9th edition is brought to you by Orcus Center. I'm Caleb Summers. Headlines from the week of August 9th, 2023. Orcus Youth designed this year's Library Fair posters. San Juan County to remove A-frame signs in unpermitted areas of East Sound. Jason Aldous sentenced to seven years. Ticks raise questions and concerns, plus excerpts from the sheriff's log. From the Island's Sounder, Orcus Youth designed this year's Library Fair posters. Thanks to the Children of Orcus, the Library Fair poster contest was a great success, with over 80 entries. To celebrate this year's Library Fair, which takes place on August 12th, the winning entries will be displayed alongside a collection of past fair posters on the library's walls during the month of August. The posters that earned honorable mentions, along with many other entries, will also be displayed. In the 13 to 18 year category, the winner is Sofia Mahoney Horegi. The honorable mentions are Lucy Troxel, Angelo Vaccarella, and Isabel Boyd. In the 1 to 12 year category, the winner is Zinnia Crothers. The honorable mentions are Leila Cahalan, Thea Columby, Wyatt Thompson, and Ardia Vandernewton. Congratulations to all who took part. See you at the Library Fair on August 12th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. San Juan County to remove A-frame signs in unpermitted areas of East Sound San Juan County reminds businesses and event organizers of important ordinances regarding signage, particularly signs placed alongside the road in the county right-of-way. During the week of Monday, August 14th, County staff will be removing A-frame signs located within the public right-of-way in East Sound. According to San Juan County Code, off-premises outdoor commercial signs shall not be permitted. Directional signs shall be permitted solely to provide direction to geographical places, e.g. West Sound, Roche Harbor, Richardson, and contain only the place name, an arrow, and mileage. Such signs may only be placed at critical intersections and shall be no larger than 4 by 24 inches. Excessive signage placed in the right-of-way can be distracting to drivers, dangerous to pedestrians and bicyclists, and impeding to road and shoulder maintenance and upkeep. The county asks those with signs to remove them from the public right-of-way by Monday, August 14th. Currently, the only A-frame signs allowed in the public right-of-way are special event signs and they are relegated to the three areas in East Sound illustrated here. This includes the intersection of Main Street and Lover's Lane, and only allowed on the west side of Lover's Lane, at the intersection of School Road and Prune Alley, and at the south side of the intersection of Terrell Beach Road and Crescent Beach Drive. No more than one sign per organization is allowed and must be removed after 30 days. Once the signs are removed, 
their owners will be able to pick them up the following week between 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. on weekdays at the Public Works Facility Building, located at 1395 Mount Baker Road. From the Journal of the San Juan Islands, Jason Aldis Sentenced to Seven Years By Heather Spaulding Warning, the following story contains graphic sexual details. Jason Ryan Aldis, 38, of Friday Harbor, was sentenced on July 31st to 82 months of jail time and 36 months in community custody. Aldis pleaded guilty on June 21st to two counts of sexual exploitation of a minor and three counts of distribution of a controlled substance to a person under 18. Charges were originally filed in June of 2022, and Aldis had initially pleaded not guilty. The victim gave an impact statement to the court during the sentencing hearing. She began by describing the events that led up to living with the Aldis family. The victim stated she was abused by her father from an extremely young age. After her parents got divorced, her mother met someone in Montana and within a couple of weeks of dating, moved there. Her mother pulled her out of high school and left her on San Juan Island with her belongings in garbage bags. I was not in this new life, said the victim, who then moved in with her boyfriend. I was living in an adult role I truly did not understand at the time. At 16, her mother, brother, and extended biological family had turned their backs on her. She told the court she was working hard to survive while living in an unhealthy housing situation tied to a toxic relationship and attempting to get her GED, all the while coping with a crippling fear as her father still had partial custody over her. Aldous and his wife, whom she both worked with, offered her a place to stay. For a second, I felt hope. I felt excited. This family wanted to take me in. They wanted me, she said. Shortly after moving in, the three decided the power of attorney was the best decision, so her father no longer had rights over her. Despite having conversations about her past trauma, the victim said the couple acted in ways that caused negative emotions to surface. She found herself having intense panic attacks. They brought her to the hospital and that was the first time Aldis acted inappropriately with her. She was given medication at the hospital to calm down and woke up to medical staff telling Aldis to get out of the bed. Once he was out of the room, she was shown pictures of him spooning her on the hospital bed and kissing her neck. Upon release from the hospital, the victim said Aldis began offering her alcohol, cannabis, and Xanax. Of course, I said yes. All I wanted was to feel something other than pain, and he knew that. He waited until I was very intoxicated and began groping and touching me repetitively. At this point, I was confused and shocked, she said. I tried convincing myself it wasn't real. That's how it almost always happened. I was never sober, not a single time. I would black out every night. I woke up so many nights not knowing what had happened. I woke up in places other than my bed, with vomit in my hair and bruises on my body. I've endured over a year of court dates and humiliation to get to this very day, where I can proudly say I'm free from benzos, medication, and alcohol. The day where I can look my abuser in the eye and feel justice. A day where I know, moving forward, his kids will be safe. 
a day where I can stand up for all girls and women and say it is in fact possible to hold your rapists and abusers accountable. Thank you for listening. A witness close to the victim addressed the court, expressing the victim's strength at having endured so much. There were times when I was so frustrated and upset that I literally thought my head would explode. She would lean into me and whisper, Are you doing okay? That is her in a nutshell. She is sitting in a courtroom being continuously re-traumatized while facing her abuser and checking on me to see if I was okay, the witness said. She was physically abused and emotionally terrorized by the adults in her life. DCYF, Washington State Department of Children, Youth, and Families, was called multiple times while she was staying at the Aldis household. She was bullied and shamed by the DCYF agent, who had the authority and resources to pull her out of that horrifying situation. After all that she's been through, she has the heart of the lion and an abundance of empathy and kindness. To me, she is a beacon of hope for all young women and girls who have been abused and shamed and a true representation of what social justice means to me. Aldous spoke briefly, apologizing for the harm he caused to the victim, his wife, his children, and the community. It is not clear to me at this present moment whether you truly are taking accountability for the significant harm that you had on the victim, said Judge Loring, while beginning to discuss the sentencing. Nonetheless, with this sentence, and going through the treatment you are going to receive and the significant time that you're going to have for reflection, I hope that you really come to acknowledge and appreciate the significant impact on the victim. After 82 months, Aldous will be under another 36 months of community custody in which he will be monitored. Contact with minors will be supervised, and he must refrain from alcohol and drugs. While the defense and prosecutor had worked for months on the case, Aldous's change of plea came about quickly. We were prepared to head to trial, explained Deputy Prosecutor Teresa Barnett. I was really proud of the victim's statement. I think it was so impactful, and I'm glad that the court part is over for her. This case was unique in so many ways— I don't think many people realize how impacted she was. I hope this helps her move forward. From the Islands Weekly, ticks raise questions and concerns. In May, a tick from San Juan Island tested positive for Borrelia burgdorferi, one of the bacteria that can cause Lyme disease. While these test results remain to be confirmed by the Centers for Disease Control, they underscore the importance of taking ticks more seriously as a concern for people and wildlife in San Juan County. This was not the first pathogen to be detected in ticks from the San Juan Islands. A dozen island ticks have been found infected with Babesia, a microscopic blood parasite that can cause Lyme-like symptoms. No human infections have been identified as yet in the islands, though this may reflect limited clinical testing for Borrelia or Babesia. Ticks appear to be thriving and expanding their distribution from California to British Columbia. Several factors may be in play, including changing weather patterns that improve conditions for overwintering and questing ticks.
human population growth and the associated disturbance of residential development that displaces ticks and their non-human hosts, and increasing human use of remaining natural areas such as parks and preserves. Our native western black-legged tick, Ixodes pacificus, has a three-year, three-stage life history, larva, nymph, adult, and will attach itself to a different host for the blood meals it requires to grow at each stage. Larvae and nymphs tend to be found in the leaf litter, while adults are most likely to climb grasses and shrubs, and thus more likely to encounter and attach to human hikers and roaming pets. In the San Juan Islands, tick season is January to June, with its peak in March and April, when islanders should be especially vigilant. The Island Conservation Ecology Laboratory, Quiot, has been studying local ticks since 2021, and initially relied on specimens collected by islanders from people or pets. Islanders have collected 350 ticks thus far, about half of which have been tested for eight major tick-borne pathogens at a cost of over $25,000. Supported by the Orcas and San Juan Community Foundations, the Lopez Thrift Shop, and Quiot's Rainy Day Cash Reserves. Although several East Coast tick species were found among these specimens, the great majority, 95%, were western black-legged ticks. Pathogens may be leapfrogging from long-infected tick populations in the Midwest and East Coast to tick populations in the Northwest. One possible avenue is the transportation of pets. A tick can continue to be attached to a dog often undetected for over 100 hours, long enough to drive from New York to Seattle. But this requires that ticks share and establish a reservoir in one or more animal populations in the islands. Animal hosts have been best studied in California, where lizards, rodents, and birds all play role in the life cycle of native ticks. Hosts in the San Juan Islands remain unknown, but there are clues. Ticks appear to be more abundant on Orcas Island than San Juan Island, and considerably less abundant on Lopez Island. This pattern suggests that island ticks depend on a wild host animal that is widespread on San Juan and Orcas, but rare or absent on Lopez. One native animal that fits that description is the northern alligator lizard. Ticks have been found on alligator lizards in both the San Juan and Gulf Islands and on southern alligator lizards in California. Different species of native and exotic squirrels are found on Orcas, Lopez, and San Juan Islands, suggesting another possible explanation for the lopsided distribution of ticks in the county. Quiot researchers are hunting for alligator lizards this summer and live-trapping squirrels and other small mammals in search of ticks to test for pathogens such as Babesia and Borrelia. Islanders can help by continuing to collect ticks from people, pets, and livestock and mailing them to Quiot's Laboratory at P.O. Box 415, Lopez Island, Washington, 98261. Quiot will also be raising funds for tick testing as part of this year's San Juan Island Community Foundation County Fair Giving Campaign, August 16th to 19th. 
Quiot Director Russell Barsh will be at the SJICF booth at the County Fair on Friday afternoon, August 18th, from 1 to 2.30 p.m. If you have questions or tick specimens to share. Now, select excerpts from the San Juan County Sheriff's Log. On July 27th, a deputy took a report of a cold burglary on San Juan. An unknown person appeared to have stayed in a locked residence. No damage occurred, but small items were missing. No suspect information exists at the present time. On July 28th, an Orcas deputy was dispatched to a vandalism call. An unknown individual spray-painted and destroyed signs for a local business. The cost of the sign's replacement makes the crime felonious in nature. An investigation is ongoing. A San Juan deputy took a report of a traffic offense. A person reported an incident of road rage that ended in a non-reportable collision. The other driver left the scene after photographing the reporting party's license plate. They were not identified, but a photograph was obtained. A Lopez deputy responded to a non-injury accident call in which a driver collided with a stationary post on private property. On July 31st, a deputy was contacted about an animal problem in the San Juan area. Someone was reporting an issue with neighbors coming onto their property. The people involved were contacted. Now, was this an animal problem or a neighbor problem, or was there some confusion as to which was which? And this concludes the August 9th edition of the Island Digest. This edition is brought to you by Orcas Center. Orcas Center is your place for fun and intrigue this summer with live concerts, performances, art openings, and more. Make sure to check out the Chamber Music Festival running from now through August 18th. To learn more, visit www.orcuscenter.org. Thank you for listening to the Island Digest, a small sampling of what's in your local print newspapers this week. The Journal, Sounder, and Weekly rely upon advertising, subscriptions, and donations to support our mission of high-quality community journalism. To contribute, visit our websites or email publisher Colleen Smith Summers at csmith at soundpublishing.com. Thanks for listening, and come back next week for more local news from San Juan County, Washington. I'm Caleb Summers.